Andy, my dude, have you heard of the magical website builder known as Squarespace? Ugh, not another Squarespace ad. I feel like every podcast is sponsored by them. <laughs> hey, 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 don't knock it till you try it. Yes, okay, it is overhyped. But actually, it lives up to the hype. Squarespace is like a website fairy godmother. With a click of a button, your site transforms into a beautiful masterpiece. A website fairy godmother? That sounds interesting. What makes it so magical? Well, for starters, those slick templates make anyone look like a professional web designer. Pick one, customize the colors and fonts to match your brand, and voila. Plus, the drag-and-drop fluid engine is so easy, your grandma could build a site on Squarespace. Well, she did knit me a lovely scarf last Christmas. Maybe website design is next. Exactly. And when you're ready to sell your Nana's handmade scarves online, Squarespace has built-in e-commerce. Add a store with one click. Get flexible payment options. Then watch those sales roll in. And when she wants to teach others her steezy scarf skills, Squarespace's new courses feature is just the ticket. Nana can set up her curriculum and enrollments and payments in a snap and become the next e-knitting influencer. Wow, you really sold me with the grandma angle. Sign me up for that free try. Just go to thenextreel.com slash Squarespace and transform your site into a beautiful Squarespace masterpiece. Well, thanks, Pete. Even though it's overhyped, Squarespace actually sounds perfect for Nana's site's needs. Appreciate the warning on the ads, though. I'll brace myself next time I listen to a podcast. Anytime. Let me know if you need any help getting that site up and running. Andy, can you believe we've almost hit 700 episodes of The Next Reel? I know, it's crazy. And with all the other episodes in our family of podcasts, we are well over 1,200 episodes of movie conversation. It's really pretty amazing that we've gotten to have these in-depth movie chats every week for over a decade now. And we couldn't have done it without our loyal community of film fans. Their support over the years has meant so much. For sure. That reminds me, we should give the merch store a shout out. Buying shirts from thenextreel.com slash merch is a great way listeners can continue to support the show. Plus, they get to support our great designs. Absolutely. I think sometimes folks forget we have a variety of shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more available. In fact, a great place to start is with a shirt sporting the Next Reel's logo. We also have that classic Fast Times Spicoli Surf School tee, or the weirdly popular Rusty's European Tour shirt. The one from National Foods European Vacation. Why is that so popular? <laughs> Search me, but we have sold a ridiculous number of those. I guess there are a lot of Rusties taking trips to Europe? We're always adding new designs based on movies we've covered, like our brand new design for a streetcar named Desire, featuring a streetcar named Desire. So if you want to rep your love of TNR and films, head to thenextreel.com slash merch. Every purchase helps us continue to have these weekly in-depth conversations. So visit thenextreel.com slash merch today. And as always, thanks for listening and being a part of the Next Real community. We've got lots more great movie chats coming your way. It's showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. And a fine Saturday morning to you. It is fine, unless you are penguins. running from penguins. the sweet, sweet release of death. How's your evening? Morning. 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 I mean. Bright and shiny. <laughs> uh, what do you think of this new mutants thing? The fact that the movie exists or the issues with its yeah, delay? Yeah, I legitimately was done. Like, I, I was crushed by where it was going, and then I moved on with my life, and I was fine. Then there was the buyout, and everything happened, and the movie was lost in the annals of history, and I was totally was, okay with when, that. I mean, when, I felt When has a movie bad? been lost to the annals of history? Other than, like, the, the clown cried, or whatever the Jerry Lewis movie, you know, I mean... Yeah, no, I mean, you can, yeah, you can speak in code all you want. But <laughs> what I'm saying is I was emotionally ready to let go of the uh-huh. movie. Right? Like, I thought this is going to be so bad that I'm emotionally ready. to let, Even though, if you remember, some years ago now, <laughs> I was very excited about mm, this movie. Yes. And I wasn't, and I was stopped being excited about it. Now it's apparently back. They've worked it out. Do you have opinions? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I do. I, I mean, you know, I am interested to see it. Um, you know, uh, I'll probably watch it eventually. I didn't think it looked that bad when I 
saw the trailer initially I and i i Obviously. don't understand um i mean maybe it, it uh maybe it's as bad as dark phoenix i'm saying that as somebody who hasn't seen it i can't speak as uh, somebody who has seen it and thinks everyone is wrong but in general it wasn't well received maybe this is gonna be along that same lines i don't know i just don't mm-hmm. know all right well speaking of movies and creative challenges did you hear this that that scott derrickson is now off of dr strange too because of creative differences <sighs> surprising no one i think makes me sad feels like the we've finished the infinity saga and we're going into once again uh creative news of creative differences and directors who are moving on. yeah i mean you know you don't get worked up about this you just don't no, care what i mean do you get it's, it's up frustrating i i really liked what he did yeah. with dr strange and he had said that the next one is going to be yeah. more in lines of a horror movie and that was thrilling i mean scott derrickson is from that world having done the sinister films yeah and uh you know the uh, stuff like the exorcism of emily rose and um deliver us from evil so i mean he's in that world um i i don't know i i feel like uh it was an obvious direction to go and you know i don't yeah. know i'm not sure um uh, it says it sounds like it was a mutual thing but still it's a little frustrating that uh that he's stepping back to just ep role which really when that happens yeah. these days it just sounds more like you know we're taking off the project We'll give you an EP role, so you're still going to have some a decent salary, yep. and you don't say anything bad about it. Yes, please, for the love of everything, don't say That's anything really bad about us. That's what uh, these things yeah. reek of nowadays. So, And if that's the case, sign me up yeah. to be an EP. <laughs> I'll take some <laughs> money and not say anything bad about your movie. Yes. <laughs> I can use a few cool I am million. so good at keeping my mouth straight <laughs> shut. <laughs> Uh, that was frustrating, but it, they say, uh, as reported by MovieWeb, that it is uh, amicable. And in fact, uh, Scott Derrickson said on Twitter, Marvel and I have mutually agreed to part ways on Doctor Strange in the multiverse of Mandis due to creative differences. I'm thankful for our collaboration and will remain on as EP, as you said. So that makes me very, very sad. He's another one from the uh, Denver area. Yeah. yeah, right. He was practically, practically. our buddy. Yeah. I uh, the the Robert Pattinson says. Speaking of superheroes, why Uh, why do you why do you lead with that? uh, I don't know. (laughs) Creating tones here for the you know for the listeners. Oh yeah. Well, is that that better one? I thought you may have you may have noticed that I finally watched Joker. I did notice that. Yeah, and so and I think you and I I've now read your review, and I think you and I for the most part agree. Yeah, I think so. Um I mean I I feel like you I don't know, it's funny because it's I'm I'm distant from my viewing of it. So right now I'm looking at what you're saying and yeah. I'm like gosh, he's so negative on it. <laughs> he's so negative on it. I I found myself uh I, I I it's one of those movies I took a little bit personally and then it's over and I just don't I it it is a movie that doesn't uh excite me. It doesn't give me any emotional response at all. It doesn't make me angry. It doesn't make me very excited. I'm frustrated a little bit, or at least I was as I was watching it, that this is this is not what I wanted on the tin. I, I was hoping for more. I Honestly, what I was thinking most of the time I'm watching it is, God, I hope Andy's not right. <laughs> and then the next scene would come by and I'd be like, ah, oh, Todd Phillips. Oh, man. Andy was right. I I feel like that is that is what I need to say to you. And that's what I need to get out on the show. You were right. <laughs> I understand. And I was not a huge fan. Uh, and also, Joaquin Phoenix was great. Um, but uh, it, it was wildly overhyped and was not as intense or scary or violent as I uh, thought it was and super predictable. So I'm, I'm sad about that. I am open to reinterpreting the movie. I'm open in, to influence because I'm not very emotional about the movie at all. The most important thing is that Robert Pattinson says that the Batman is the right next comic book movie. For him, he thinks it's really important. And since we all know how important Robert Pattinson's opinion is on such things, I wanted Mm. to bring that up with you. 
There is something that has always appealed to me about it, he says. I feel like it sort of exists outside the realm of this sort of blockbuster. Batman movies have always attracted really good directors and had really good actors playing in it. It sounds a little bit like something from <laughs> Zoolander would be saying. <laughs> it does. It's got a legacy and a lineage to it. They're really, really, really good. <laughs> So Robert Zoolander Pattinson uh, is a big fan of that, but they're actively shooting that in London. And I have to say, I am I'm looking forward to that and I'm looking forward to to it now even more, having not been terribly keen on Joker. So I'm going to start calling him Zoopat now. <laughs> That's his auteur name. <laughs> He's, uh, oh my. And we say that because we, we actually like uh, Zoopat around these <laughs> well, parts. We do. Yes. I don't know why he earned our uh, <laughs> lampoons just this evening. What do you have to talk about? Do you have anything interesting going on? No, I don't have anything interesting going on. Um, I was, I, I will say, you know, Letterboxd does their annual list of uh, kind of uh, end of year uh, thoughts and everything, year in film. Yeah. And uh, it was very enjoyable. I don't know if you looked through their, the year in review 2019, but uh Lots of good stuff on there. They, you know, they do the, uh, uh, they take kind of everything that's been done on their site and break mm-hmm. it down to the highest rated films, the most popular, the most obsessively rewatched films, most divisive. Um, they do popular reviews, all sorts of stuff. It's uh, a great time just kind of flipping through their, uh, their very well put together <laughs> website. And looking at all of the things that they have on their list. Lots of good stuff in there. And have you heard, this is a film that made it onto several of their lists. Uh, it is a foreign film. And uh, it made it, I just have to see where it landed. It made it onto, let me see if I can search for it. I don't think I can because it's just the image of the poster. Nope. Uh, it made it onto... Oh, high! Uh, the highest rated films. It rated, made it onto highest rated international films. Um, highest? Uh, no, it's not on that one. But yeah, highest rated dramas. It's in a number of places. It is this Argentine film called La Flor. Are you are you familiar with the, with this I, one? No, you're all of the at this so far. All of these words seem like uh, they're, you're they're new them words up. to you. So yeah. it's a film called La Flor, by, directed by Mariano Yinas. And I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, because as we learned when we did our Ricardo Darín series, they have a funny way of pronouncing their Spanish yeah, down we're, there. We're wrong a lot. Yes, it's probably Mariano <laughs> Yinas or something like that. Anyway, La Flor... I think it's Bob, Bob Hope. <laughs> hey, that's exactly right. This film, <laughs> La Flor, Pete, it is yeah. uh, almost 10 years in production, 14 hours <laughs> of film. Six stories, uh, Yinas uses the same four actresses in various ways. You heard that right. This is a 14-hour long film. In a row? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Are you, and that made it, pray tell, what list did that make it on? Well, that's what I was saying. It made it on to best, like uh, best of the year or most feverishly rewatched because I'd like to meet those people. It's definitely not most obsessively rewatched. It did make it on to highest rated overall. It's number seven on that list. It made it on to the highest rated international feature. It's number three. Um, highest rated drama. It's number six on there. And uh, I think that's it. Uh, th- those are the top ones that where I found it. So. Uh, if I keep okay. doing, but I think yeah, I think this is amusing because it actually does note in a footnote. This is the first time I've actually opened the year in review. It's linked in the show notes. To be included, films must be narrative, except in the documentary category, feature length plus La Flor because it screened theatrically. Andy, yeah, somebody. What theaters <laughs> are committing to this? Movie? Not just what theaters. Who is committing to go to that theater and sit yeah. in it for fourteen hours to watch the movie? I can only imagine it comes with built-in breaks, which makes it like a 16-hour experience. Oh, my goodness. I have no idea. That's a really long that movie. That is crazy. And I know it's not, uh, you know, you know, there are other very long films. Um, yeah. But 
but each it's like with with these six stories in uh, 14 hours so each each story is a feature length movie and that's why i'm I'm not sure why we don't just break it into six movies yeah maybe i don't know wow i'm looking at the letterboxd reviews of it right now and and uh some of the reviews are actually talking about the movie. The rest of them are saying, uh, yeah, I did it. Took three days. Took me 17 days. Like, the, really, the the marathon is is the review. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's interesting. I mean, I'm I'm really curious now. Um, it, it, to me, it's like watching a miniseries. You know, you're going to watch a 14-part miniseries or something. Or in this case, a yeah. six-part miniseries. And uh, so I, it, it's definitely piqued my curiosity. I don't know. I just, so, uh, I couldn't do it in of, one setting. Uh, yeah. I mean, you could also watch The Irishman four times. <laughs> so, um, so tell me uh, of that list. So if you look at like the top, uh, their, their top overall rated movies, did you find that they uh, agreed? What insights did you get out of them? Um, like, for example, did Uncut Gems hit your list at the same place <laughs> it hit the year in review? You know, it's uh, it definitely speaks to the uh, the fact that they are New Zealanders who do this because yeah. films like uh, Portrait of a Lady on Fire got a lot of, uh, you know, placement on here. And I don't think mm-hmm. that's had a release over here yet. Or if it has, it's only been New York and L.A. And so mm-hmm. um, I know that they base all of this strictly on, as it says, all results are as of January 1st. 2020 so the fact yeah. that that made it to the number two spot speaks to kind of the international viewing audiences that populate Letterboxd's site so mm-hmm. um uh yeah uncut gems you know i get it i i definitely get it it's it's i i don't think it's a bad movie it just was a, you know it's not your movie it's not my movie so and that's no. fine um uh, and other things like i've never even heard of an elephant sitting still or invisible life, and again, speaking mm-hmm. to kind of the international uh, world out there, and I think that's something I like about Letterboxd is it uh, it is from a different place. It's not centered out of L.A., so because yeah. of that, it ends up feeling like we're seeing stuff on here that isn't necessarily just kind of all the basics. Yeah, I know. I've just already added a bunch to my list as we've been talking. Jalikatu, number nine uh, on the highest rated action. Uh, Dragged across concrete. Haven't seen that either. Shadow. Like, I feel like there are a bunch of movies on here. This is a great, uh, great place to start if you want to catch up on some good films from outside the neighborhood. Definitely. Yep. Man, Parasite just dominates every one of these lists. Yeah. Well, and Bong Joon Ho was their uh, yeah. the top filmmaker of the year and I, I didn't listen to it but i noticed at the very end there's a little thing that uh, you can click on yeah they have they have a little cl- clip of bong joon ho after they told oh, him great. that parasite was the highest rated film of the decade oh i love so, it there you go i love it have you seen lighthouse yet no i haven't that's um one that i missed and uh it's it's release is very soon so i have it uh hopefully to see here in the coming weeks yeah yeah i have not uh found a way to see it either it's there it's not showing up anymore, i'm in so. that zone right now where it's kind of award catch-up zone yeah trying to watch all the stuff that i've missed you know i've added stuff to my next uh my netflix queue so as soon as it uh, arrives i'll be able to check it out so stuff like that rocket man i i have here so that i can finally catch up on that chernobyl the first disc arrive or will be arriving uh, soon so i can finally watch Andy, chernobyl it's about time i know I uh given this is interesting uh dr sleep shows up at number seven on the highest rated horror and i find that interesting given my friends uh don't seem don't appear to agree well i friends. agree with the, you do with, I okay loved it. great i haven't seen it i yeah. haven't seen it so um that's interesting to me. Yeah, I had a great time with it, and uh, very much looking forward to the upcoming uh, director's cut when it comes out. So it's a shame Excellent. that it bombed at the box office, but I don't think Ewan McGregor has the solo actor box office draw to carry it. I don't think hmm. audiences were clamoring for a Shining sequel, um, you know. And and uh, as as good as it is, I just don't think people were asking for it, unfortunately. And because of that, not um, interested. 
most popular overall is actually a satisfying list for me. Curious about, with the exception of, I think, number two and three, Joker and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which I would push down a little bit. The rest is great. I love that Booksmart made the top 10 uh, and Marriage Story and Midsommar. Those are all very satisfying. The rest are pretty predictable. I have not seen Marriage Story. That's another one on my my list of of, uh, award movies that I need to see pretty soon. So, um, but yeah, that is a good list though. You know, I this wasn't as crazy exhaustive... about us. Uh, you know, I know it seems yeah. a lot of people really dug us and I thought it was fine, but it doesn't deserve the praise that it's getting. I don't think. I, I agree, but um, I, I agree with you. I thought it was, it was exactly what was on the tin, right? I mean, it was, it didn't really surprise me. It didn't, I don't feel like it elevated uh, what had been done before. Um, and but I still enjoyed my time with it. Sure. There was some creepy. You know, oh, yeah. There's crawling. creepy moments. There's really for sure. creepy crawling. Yeah. <laughs> what definitely was that? Uh, and I did love anything in the lake. I was really satisfied with him in the lake. That was super fun. Yeah. Or in the house by uh, the lake. I liked some of the stuff. Yeah. In that house, so, yeah. That was a cool house. Oh, yeah. that reminds me. I need a house like that. <laughs> without the haunting there was um, there was a category on here i don't know if you uh noticed it yet but it was like best houses uh best movie houses of the year oh yeah house no. party 2019 was the year of the memorable house <laughs> parasite the last oh black goodness. man in san francisco knives out portrait of lady on fire in the lighthouse we're all on that list <laughs> that's, funny. that's awesome yeah. this is great you should look at this everybody again link in the show notes year in review it's very cool and it is exhaustive holy cow look at it doesn't end the scroll yeah it's there's a, a lot of stuff too i love the popular uh the most popular reviews popular favorable and unfavorable reviews oh yeah and i totally agree with all of them i have read all <laughs> these they're great okay well, you see, you got people uh, on there like Demi Adejuye Bay, uh, yeah, uh, you know, who's uh, you know we're we're familiar with. He's done some yep. good stuff. They also have the Joshua Trank uh, reviewed yep. his own movie, <laughs> his own movie, uh, Fantastic Four <laughs> on there, and that's a very popular one. And and what a great treat to have him go in and do that. I thought that was fantastic. Yeah. I think it's a little misleading that somebody calls themselves Brad Pitt and they get <laughs> their review of Midsummer on there. But- but it's Brat Pitt. Oh, you're right. It is Brat Pitt. Yeah, and and Brat Pitt actually writes great reviews. I am uh, I uh, definitely follow Brat Pitt. Yeah, and also in your area, Silent right? Dawn, yeah. whose review of Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker is fantastic. Uh, so anyway, there's some great reviews. Uh, go look at it. I definitely need to dig into this. Fantastic. Indeed, indeed. Lots of good indeed, stuff. Indeed, indeed. You can end up right. easily spending hours going through that and, and clicking on things and Holy reading things. Holy cow, yeah. it goes into dark mode, Andy. I know. It's, that was cool. Yeah. It's a <gasps> be- beautifully designed, mode. really beautifully designed. Oh, the webpage is great. Yeah, yeah they go through and all the best the, oh, of 2019 the and then they go to the best of the decade. Yeah. So. Wow. And they even have an inner, this is the first time I've ever seen this. There's an intermission on the webpage. <laughs> Part of the journey is the end, and part of the journey is the middle. Congrats, you made it to the halfway point. This is awesome. We love you, 3,000. <laughs> this is my favorite page. I'm going to bookmark it and read it often. Good stuff. Shall we, uh, do you want to talk trailers? We should, yes. Let's let's talk right. trailers. I, I'm going to go first because of what, can I do that? Can I just take it even though you posted first? Because sure. I want, you know what? I want to just talk about mine quickly. I feel like giving today. You're a, so I'm a, I'm a, you're giver. a giver. Yes. <laughs> so my trailer, uh, it, we've, uh, we've talked about the fact that the movie is coming. It is the birds of prey trailer. Trailer two dropped, uh, just, I'm going to say seconds ago as we're recording this hours, maybe. Um, and it is, a, I am pleased with it <laughs> so far. Is that, is that cautious enough uh, uh, praise for this trailer? I, after watching Joker, I, it is an exuberant uh, exploration of color and violence. And uh, I 
uh, like that we learn a little bit more about building the team. I like what Kathy Ann has done with this visually. I uh, I think that um, she has a good flair for bringing this team of women together and showcasing uh, what they hath wrought. Um, it's uh, it, the the one liners. It's you know it's a it's a, a DC action trailer, and so you get all the one liners and you get the action beats. Um, you get the uh, hard stop. Uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Uh, okay, <laughs> which is on brand, and Ewan McGregor as the bad guy. Uh, I I feel like all of the pieces are together. I'm I am primed to actually enjoy this movie and see it as an improvement over the theme that we got in Suicide Squad. Uh, and of course, Margot Robbie is actually looking better uh, every time I see another trailer of her in this character. I think she's really like what a strange character to have somebody so like intimately embody as Harley Quinn. I I wouldn't have thought that this was a character that we would get uh, quite such a universe exploration of in the series, but Margot Robbie is just perfect for it. And so I'm, I'm kind of ex- getting more and more excited about this one. I hope I'm getting excited for it. I, <laughs> I struggle with the DC uh, trailers. I, I feel like I want to be excited for this one because I think it could be yeah. really unique. I do like Margot Robbie in the role. I think that she was a bright spot in Suicide Squad. I um I I don't know enough about her or the characters or anyone in here to really have a sense of the story between them. I mean they, it introduces them all in the trailer Huntress and Black Canary mm-hmm. and and uh well, whoever else uh yeah I, I don't know who that who they are. I don't that doesn't really mean much to me. Um so I I really just have to kind of take it for what it is. And when I watch the trailer I I am torn because I'm like, okay, this is a really fun style. They're doing some fun stuff here. But I also feel like Margot Robbie did a lot of this in Itania already. <laughs> and interesting. And it's yeah. it always strikes it, but I'm I'm torn because I'm like, is this like are they doing this just because she did Itania and they were like, hey, let's take that kind of tone and bring it to this and we can really play around with it. Uh it could be fun. I also feel like, um, you know, they're they're trying to spice things up a little bit. And so they're reaching to that to try to give it something. And I I I hope it's a way to tell the story that ends up making it work and be a strong telling of the story, because it could be really interesting. Um, I also feel like another I have another perspective for you, Andy. What if Tanya Harding's spirit animal was Harley Quinn? And Margot Robbie just happens to be able to play both of them exceptionally well. <laughs> it could be just an accident, like not just we're letting Margot Robbie and what she does lead the way. But in fact, Tanya Harding was Harley Quinn. It could be interesting. I, you know, it may be. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, I, I do also have hope because uh, the script is written by Christina Hodson who mm-hmm. wrote Bumblebee and I really liked what uh what she did with the uh twist on the Transformers film there. So yeah, right. Maybe so I feel like there's a lot of stuff going in the right direction here and it gives me hope and I you know I guess I guess that's where I'll leave it. I I want this film to uh, kind of give me hope and uh be something that I think could really be a nice entry for the DC universe. Man, do you see what they have her doing, though? They've got her writing the script for The Flash, mm-hmm. uh, Andy Muschietti's uh, take on The Flash. They've got her writing, was that Batwoman um, or Batgirl, uh, in addition to Birds of Prey, which obviously is coming. That's, I mean, she's, you know, she's she's in the DC, she's on the DC shelf, let's say. Well, I like she, it. and I she's like a screenwriter. She, she, you know, is uh, one of those blacklist screenwriters. I think she's yeah. had three scripts in there. So um, clearly somebody who is a, a writing talent that people have found and are tapping into. So that makes me excited. Oh, so I like her. Mm-hmm. More movies from her. All right. <laughs> 
Uh, so my trailer, it comes out February 7th in the U.S. And, you know, pretty much you set your clocks by that. If you're in the rest of the world, it's going to come out probably a little bit before and a little bit after. And, uh, yeah, it starts in France February 5th. Grab your easy chairs and uh, start the rollout for Birds of Prey. Nice. What, now, can we talk about your trailer, please, sir, immediately? My my trailer pete um i uh i almost don't know what to say with my trailer it, that it, is understandable <laughs> it is a film that uh it's interesting it's not a new film i don't know if you realized that when you were looking right. it up but it is a film from 2016 yes it is a, a film from the netherlands uh and uh it is finally getting a u.s release and it's about damn time is all i can say (laughs) (laughs) the film is called uncaged here in the u.s although it was called prey over there when it was uh, released originally it is directed by dick moss and it is the story of a zoo veterinarian who gets caught up in a grisly adventure as she finds herself leading the citywide hunt for a monstrous lion terrorizing the dutch capital of amsterdam now now pete i i have to believe that this trailer (laughs) what 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 do you have to believe andy really i have to believe that (laughs) that they are making a mistake by sub by 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 casting (laughs) a a a whole cast of uh english speaking people to dub this film and to not release it in its na- native language because I it has to be better, <laughs> or does it? I don't know. The I, I, people who don't typically watch the trailers when we do this segment uh, really owe it to themselves to check, follow the link, watch the the trailer for Uncaged, just to listen to the the dubbing work that has been done here because it is the most comical work I have seen. <laughs> in a film (laughs) that i don't think it's supposed to be funny i mean it actually is billed as a comedy horror thriller so maybe it is but but i think that the the dubbing itself the dubbing job lends a whole new aspect of comedy that i don't think that dick moss had initially intended there to be i could be wrong maybe that's a new maybe it's meta and and he's kind of taking it one extra step and it's taken him three years to really develop this this fine-tuned uh uh, dubbing job to uh kind of break into the u.s i don't know but anyway uncaged lion running in the streets it has lions running through the through the subway train. It's got stuff it that could be fun and gruesome. It does. I, I don't know. I, I, I feel like the pitch meeting for this is, okay, we're going to remake Jaws. But I want you to picture Jaws with no water. And instead of a shark, it's a lion. And instead of the ocean, it's a city going to be great and they're all thinking how great it is until they start shooting when they realize that what they're actually making is not a horror thriller but a comedy horror thriller and i hope to god they just lean into that because this could be land shark tastic i can't wait <laughs> well it's like I'm very excited it's like it. gator right like yes yeah from uh or crawl. Or, or, no it wasn't not gator <laughs> was it it was uh was it just alligator is that the one yeah. with the in 19, was it the yeah, one with the toilet yeah, yeah, where the they the, flush the little gets, thing down the toilet right. and it comes up in the sewer. Yeah, oh yeah. no, I'm uh, all in. Oh, that that terrified me. Lewis Teague did that. He did Cujo. Yeah, I loved right. that. And this is the one with the swimming pool with the birthday party, and uh, I had oh, nightmares forever because of that. Ever. Yeah. Maybe so tonight. Maybe I'll have them all over again. Yes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is uh, not. It, it's not. It looks funny. You should watch the trailer, and that's that is all we should say. When can we see it finally? This is uh, finally going to be streaming here in the U.S. It looks like um, uh, sometime this spring is what it's what it's uh, going to be uh, billed as. It looks like uh, March, so you people know, will be able to finally Andy. watch it, and we can finally do our series on yeah. uh, focus on this film. I think we should do that. We should at least do a watch some sort of watch party. Oh, We've got to find a way to do a, a watch to, party. Yeah. It is a very intense looking lion. 
I'll say. Yeah, yeah. scary. Mm-hmm. Close up on the hand. You know what movie really worked for me? The Ghost in what? the Darkness. This is like yeah. The Ghost in the Darkness too, bringing it yeah. back home. I think that's, that's what right. they should Ly- have just Lion Boogaloo. They should that's have bringing it back have, home. Should have Fetch. titled it that. <laughs> oh. oh dear! All right, let's move on. What do you want to do now? Oh, we should do our lists. Yeah, All it's right. time. We are doing. Uh, uh, oh, let's see. We uh, this week we t- <laughs> what did we talk about? Silver Streak, the yes. train movie. Yes. Yeesh. What a fun movie! I really enjoyed it. And, Very fun movie, uh, part of our Colin Higgins series. Right, and uh, we threw uh, our options to the folks over on Discord in the Show Talk channel, and they voted that they wanted us to talk about movie bruisers this week. So movie bruisers, I guess we're going to uh, chat about this. Did you have any okay. uh, rules for yourself as you put together your movie bruisers list? Well, kind of, yeah, I did, I guess. Um, so. How I here's my question that I struggled with because we've we I think we have talked about this as on another list, which is great movie henchmen. Yes, that just sounds really familiar. So, in your mind, what is the difference or is there a difference between a henchman and like a bruiser? Yes, and I struggled with that because I wanted to really try to delineate that because I was like, a henchman. They could potentially be more intelligent. They they may use other means. Uh, I tried uh, sticking with people that I think largely are known more for their body size, perhaps, and less for their smarts. I for me, the line was like I, I kept thinking about, OK, so a henchman, I might say um, uh, Igor is kind of a henchman, right? Yeah. But Igor is not a bruiser. So for me, the line became pretty quickly, um, they have to get in a fight. Like, they have to be a unique character. So, like, it can't be a stormtrooper. Yeah, uh, Because there are so many of them. But they also have to be in a fight somehow. Like uh, Richard Keel in our movie Mm -hmm. for the week. Right. So I would say the German mechanic... Uh, in Raiders of the Lost Ark, absolutely fits. Uh, 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 Tot does not, played by Ronald Lacey in the same movie. Okay, so because he doesn't get in a fight. Yeah. Right, he is right. more of a henchman. Okay. That, I, so I that's, think that's, that is where I drew the line. Okay. Right. And and I, uh, I, I largely was trying to pick ones that um, weren't just like German mechanic. You know, I, I was trying to yes. pick ones that were a little bigger at least to the point where they might have had a name yes they have to have had a name i agree i and that was i i did put that on my list german mechanic was just a, an example no, that's a good example though okay so first up for me then um this is one that i suppose should come as no surprise because i feel oh gosh i can't remember how recently it was that i just put one of these films on my list but it was pretty recent. Um, this one is uh, on my list because it's, uh, uh, you know, the movie works really well. And as the uh, the really tough guy who is kind of the hand of the bad guy, I think he works really well. It is Lurts from The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, the, uh, the Uruk-hai, and, uh, you know, in all of his disgusting glory. And it's the film where you get to kind of watch him get born, and it's pretty pretty gross. So, yep, um, that's my first one. That is a great one. Um, and it was on my backup list. Did not make my final list. Thank goodness. I will thank, not thank relinquish goodness. the seal. <laughs> all right. All right. So for my first pick, uh, this was a hard one because we've talked about so many movies with fantastic uh, like thugs, right? Movie henchmen already. So, uh, for example, we're we're not talking I'm not including Raiders of the Lost Ark right there. And and the entire series, we we have opportunities for thugs and goons and things. So uh, I'm not talking about any of those. I would like to go uh, to the Wu, to the John Wu to his uh, final great Hong Kong action film, Hard Boiled. Uh, and the character is Mad Dog, uh, played by Philip Kwok, 
And Mad Dog is involved in just about every fight in that movie leading up to the final hospital fight shootout, which is extraordinary as he uh, and his entrance is just impeccable by now. He's bloodied and uh, still tough as nails. And uh, so it is uh, absolutely worth seeing. If you haven't seen Hard Boiled, look out for Mad Dog and Philip Kwok. Well, I would like to um, to take your your Mad Dog and raise you a Mad Dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're doing that. Okay. Yeah, I'm doing that. That's good. I am uh, jumping to the raid. Uh, this is uh, Yayan Ruhian as Mad Dog, who is the the muscle behind uh, Thomas' um, business in the building here. And, uh, you know, these people are known to get into some fisticuffs from time to time, as uh, ones who have seen the Raid films uh, can attest. Yeah. It is uh, pretty fantastic to watch. And Mad Dog uh, is named Mad Dog for, you know, a great reason. It does a fantastic job uh, and is one of those fighters that I think just makes all of the stuff in these raid films just so much fun to watch. I love watching them and uh, the the fighting is just nuts. So uh, that's my second choice. Oh, that's so good. That's a, that is so good. And that makes me, uh, ah, I wish I had gone first a little bit. Um, so <laughs> uh, I will take that and I will go to, oh man, how about this? Let's go to Quentin Tarantino. Mm, okay. I, I knew when I started that somebody from a Quentin Tarantino film is going to be going on this on, on my list. Uh, and in this case, I went with Kill Bill, Volume 1. Lots to choose from. Um, it, the, the challenge is that so many of these are like levels, like bosses to, to defeat. Right, right. And that that is what I've got with this one. But she does have a name and she is iconic. I'm talking about Gogo Yubari uh, with the gravity hammer uh, and uh, the big fight in Kill Bill Volume 1. Gogo is played by Chiaki Kuriyama and it is a fantastic fight scene. Uh, and um, uh, it, she's just really, really mean and <laughs> hateful. and you know she's just, it's it's that iconic like hyper sexualized schoolgirl violence that is that the japanese really have the corner on that and uh this movie uh, is quentin tarantino's homage to essentially battle royale with the same effectively the same character yeah so nice there you nice go. for my final pick i'm going with one that i <laughs> i think it's fair to call a movie bruiser uh, definitely is oh, no. big and dumb. Uh, <gasps> Tangled. <laughs> and works uh, <laughs> works with the villain. Um, however, the, uh, the character is uh, also always at odds with himself and actually has a little devil and angel sitting on his shoulder trying to tell him <laughs> what to do. <laughs> uh, and he can speak to squirrels and he loves to cook. It is, of course, Kronk in The Emperor's New Groove. And I can't say specifically if he gets into a fight with anybody, but I, I feel like he probably has. And so I feel like it's OK to still call him a movie bruiser because <laughs> for me, it he fits the bill, even if it's not quite perfect. But that's my final choice. The Emperor's New Groove with Kronk. Wow. <laughs> All right. I'll give it to you. I, I know you don't play to numbers, but I do. And the fact that that's in your number one spot delights me on, on some kind of childish I level. I was playing uh, that one for my number one spot. Okay. Totally was. <laughs> Good. I, uh, for my final pick, um, I'm going with, you know, you, pretty much this one, as you can tell, what's on my mind uh, right now um, after Rise of Skywalker and all of the discussion about Star Wars. And then I finished The Mandalorian and I'm really digging what they're doing with that character. And I thought, wait, wait a minute. I got a unique character. I got an iconic performance. I got an incredible character design and he gets in a big fight. And that is. Boba Fett in The Empire Strikes Back and uh, The uh, Return of the Jedi, played by Jeremy Bullock and Jason Wingreen for The Voice. Boba Fett. Nice. Number one. Nice. I don't think I've ever, I don't think I've uh, which, ever dropped Which specific a, film are you Star Wars. 
putting him. Well, I have to. I mean, I have to go with the uh, Return of the Jedi because that was the that's where the the fisticuffs really happen. That's the fisticuffs, right? Even though he kind of falls apart there, ends up getting digested, but still, we don't speak of it. We don't speak of it. (laughs) Because I, I think Kathleen Kennedy's going to bring him back. He's going to be exhumed. <laughs> He's going to come out of the out of digestion. Yeah, I think in the, right. one of the books he did actually crawl out. Yeah, I, so I think I've heard that. I think, I think that's in canon. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. I don't think it's in canon, but oh, it's in canon. They'll make I it was, in canon. Uh, did you have any good backup tasks? Well, I had. I did. Sets? I did have Jaws on here as a backup from the Spy Who Loved Me. Just in case, but the fact that Richard Keel was the one who gave us this yeah. list, I was like, is it an homage to put him on there or is it kind of, uh, you know, should I not be doing that? So I was, I was kind yeah. of torn. I didn't put him. And then my last other uh, alternate was um, was from was Alpha from Up. Oh, sure. Yeah. No, yeah. that's a natural pick. I'm actually surprised you didn't you didn't go with Alpha over Kronk. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. I no? vastly okay. prefer Emperor's New Groove. I'm one, my, I'm one of those uh, picks, people. You're a unicorn. That's all right. I get it. Uh, <laughs> my backup pick, my backup Bond pick was Odd Job. Uh, oh, sure. P- uh, from Goldfinger, played by Harold Sakata. And the backup, backup of Odd Job was because I was worried that you were going to get Odd Job uh, because of the Richard Keel thing. I was trying to, to chess you a little bit. Mm. And so I thought if you got Odd Job, then I would absolutely play Random Task from Austin Powers, played by <laughs> Joe Sun. <laughs> nice, nice. So, but then, right, but, then, I, but then I go and I play yeah. Emperor's New Groove and I win the game with that. So you, see. You did. See. <laughs> win the game with Emperor's New Groove. <laughs> uh, only because you went first. I think Boba Fett would have closed it out. <laughs> I feel pretty strongly about that. Uh, what are we doing this next week? Well, let's see. Um, Foul Play is the movie. So we have more uh more hitchcock homages so we could do mm-hmm. hitchcock homages because that uh is a big thing in that film um that's fun yeah we could do that i i think there are enough other people who have done hitchcock homages so uh yeah i say good <laughs> good luck trying to, to to type that in discord well apparently you and i are able to oh fantastic yeah. we're we're allowed we're, to we're, uh, type pseudo swear words yeah but apparently uh, everyone else cannot type <laughs> Hitchcock, because it's considered a foul language. Mm. It's ridiculous. Um, no, but nobody can say hitch. <laughs> so, right. okay. So that's number one. I like that. Uh, okay. We've got um, a lot of tropes. So many tropes. You know, what would be so fun is, is a, a recurring, um, a, a bit recurring character who pops in throughout the film. Oh, the, yeah. The Arthur character. What's his name? Yeah, Dudley, Dudley Moore, Moore, my favorite. Right. Yeah. The recurring bit character. Um, what other homages? Gosh, there's so many. Uh, let's see. We have we have old pe old people co- kung fu. You know, yeah. We could old people and kung fu. We, I was thinking we could do something about the um, you know, like uh, faces in the mirror or like jump scares in mirrors kind of thing or uh, something that 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 leverages the thriller aspect, like from in her apartment. Um, Snakes or or Andy. What if we do uh, dated and offensive comedy tropes that couldn't, couldn't be made today? <laughs> That'd be a fun list. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. We could um, we could do um, uh, car chases with crazy vehicles. Okay. Is that is that too difficult? Well, it might be too difficult, but I I'm just trying to measure that against your last suggestion, and it hasn't won me over. Yeah. Yeah. I like I liked your first one better. Well, let's think. What else could we do? There are um I mean there's there are a lot of the thriller tropes, like you said. Yeah. Yeah. Um but I mean uh, but I feel like we'd need to pinpoint specific one. I don't even actually remember now that we're talking about it. What were the tropes that we talked about? Well, there's the dead uh, bodies actually, that get cleaned up. There's the um the, e- oh, the the evil albino. There's the um there's the mistaken, like the mistaken identity stuff, the, right, um, the, the trying to yeah. so uh, the gaslighting the protagonist. Oh, there's the, uh, the whole thing with the uh, with the MacGuffin of the evidence, yeah. you know, that that he plants on her. We could do something where here here's something innocent people who get into a situation because somebody plants evidence on them. The planted evidence MacGuffin. Yeah. I don't Is know. That, I don't would know. that be a, a fair way to shorten it? Yeah. That's a might be a tough one, but 
I think it's hard to search for, but but I think we could do it. Well, I've got one in my head already. All right. So you're one third ahead of me. But I don't know. Gosh, yeah, that is a tricky one. Yeah. It's like, you know, I mean, huh. but you know what I mean? Like somebody slips something into somebody's purse yeah. or something like that. I I think we do it. I think we do it. Okay. We'll put it on Let's there. It. and Planted uh, evidence. I, I think we may need to broaden it to things like, you know, they, you know, put down their briefcase and they pick up their briefcase, but it happens to be the other person's briefcase, but they just look the same and didn't, no one realized <laughs> the briefcase it. Swap. Yeah. It could, okay. it could fall into like that territory where they, you know, yeah. an innocent person ends up with evidence. And but my challenge here is because it is such a subtle thing, I feel like. I'm going to have to watch a lot of movies, <laughs> like at least the first act of a lot of movies to get this. Yeah. But I think we can do it. Right, we can do it. We can make this happen. All right. All right. So that's the poll. All right. We'll get that up in the show talk channel over in our discord group, everybody. So get your votes in there. Of course, to do that, you need to become a Patreon supporter. And it's just $3 a month to get to that level where you can cast your votes over in the show talk channel. I don't think it is. I think it's fine. I don't know the prices of any of this. And I feel like you change yeah. it every week on me just so I say it I wrong. I don't. I haven't been in, I haven't done that in a long time, but I do enjoy <laughs> saying you're wrong. So, you that's know, really, however you want to look at really this. That's really what it's all about, right? <laughs> <laughs> but we do invite you to join us on Patreon. And speaking of tropes, for about the cost of a cup of coffee, you can Tell join us Sally. in our community. You can join us in our, our fantastic Next Real community and uh, have fantastic and wonderful and, and stupendous conversations with us online. You can get access to the live stream of this show and all of the Next Real shows. And you can sleep better knowing that you are supporting the universe of independent podcasters. And we deeply appreciate it. You're helping us, literally helping us put food on the table. So we appreciate you. Thank you. I, I hope you have some good music to play behind that. Yeesh. I did well. I don't know. Have you listened to our foul play episode? <laughs> right. Oh dear. Uh, good oh dear. times. Yes. Thank you, everybody. Right, are we uh, going to do some ranking? We're not going to rank Saturday. Tonight, are we? Well, we skipped it. I thought you skipped it. No, you. We went all out of order. We can. We can just totally skip it, though. I'm fine. Let's skip it. All right, skipped. All right, that's it. Have a good night. Don't forget to call your mother. Don't. <laughs> I love the conversations that so many of our hosts have had on their shows. Steve and JJ on Trailer Rewind, Ray and Ocean on Silver Linings, even Tommy's short-lived No, No, Wait, Hear Me Out. And so many films they've discussed started out as a book, a play, or even a TV series. Well, now you can support our whole family of podcasts by using our new Originals page to buy the original source material used to inspire films covered on our shows. Just visit thenextreel.com slash originals. Your purchases made through our links give us a small commission at no extra cost to you and allow us to keep having these fantastic conversations. It's a wonderful way to support the show. Producing these podcasts week after week require a ton of work behind the scenes. If you'd like to help support our efforts, try using our originals page when shopping for books and movies that we've covered. It's your one-stop shop for Amazon and Apple links where you can buy the book, play, video game, movie, etc. upon which the movie is based. Original material for trailer rewind movies like If Beale Street Could Talk, The Goldfinch, Aniara, or The Two Faces of January, or Silver Linings movies like Repo Men, which was based on the repossession Mambo. Plus, by using those links to buy books, Amazon and Apple show us a little bit of love, which allows you to support our family of shows with minimal effort. Visit thenextreel.com slash originals. It's a fantastic way to support the show and find a great book to read. That's right. Head over to thenextreel.com slash originals to find your next read and get started today. Music